0: Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And tonight we've got a special treat. Brother Isaac is going to come and deliver a fiery five in Jesus' name. Let's get behind him. Amen.
1: Hi. God bless you guys. Don't worry, I know that I look nervous, because I am. So before anything, I just want to give this chance to thank Bishop for this opportunity, as well as all of you for being able to come here and speak to my church family for the first time. Not gonna lie, I was kind of hoping it would cancel. (laughs) The last three times that I've had to speak, weather has happened. And I even I even called Bishop. I'm like, are you sure this is happening? Because yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> but nevertheless, I'd like to begin by reading in First, First Thessalonians. Oh wow, I already messed up. Look at that. First tossalonians: Thessalonians 5:16 to 22. And it reads, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Right. And with that, I came up with my title, In All Things. In all things. And everybody thinks, well, in all things, you know, he's going to say, in all things, be thankful. Well, in all things, I want to ask you, but mostly myself, the question, how thankful am I? Sorry if I'm not a jumpy person. I'll tell you guys one thing. I am thankful for the services that we do have every Sunday, every Wednesday, those kind that just get you built, just get you going, you know, that one where you just hear Bishop yelling glory, everybody shouting amen. Yes. amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I lack with that stuff, I really do. There's, they're great services, but I'm not perfect. And in saying that, I mean, what I mean by that is there's times that I don't want to pray. There's times that I don't want to fast. There's times where I don't want to read. There's even times where I don't want a fellowship, and I know that one's not a shocker to most of you. <laughs> and it might, sound, it might sound a little awful, but there's times where I don't even want to play the drums. Mostly because I didn't practice. And I asked for forgiveness in advance because I, I forgot to practice again. But um, <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Everything I just listed is not new to God. We could try to come with something new, but everything new would be new to us. Nothing would be new to God. We have to remember that he was, he is, and he will be. I know that I am who the I am says I am, but am I thankful? I am willing to step up to the plate and fully commit to Jesus. But in doing such things, I would have to be thankful for many things. And let me tell you guys, I am thankful for a few things. I'm thankful for prayer. (laughs) I'm thankful for fasting, even though it may not look like it. Do not judge. I am thankful for the word of God because it will never change. It will be new to us when it comes to looking into it. For me, it's always going to be new but his word is as old as time, and he is time, so it can never change. I am thankful for the ability to play the drums, even though at times I play a little too hard, and I am told by some people in the back that I do that. I am thankful that God has blessed me with the ability to play the drums. I'll tell you what else. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for the ability to be able to say that you guys are my church family. I'm thankful for the fact that I am surrounded by people that don't shame me for my past, but push me forward to what I can become, to what I will become, to what he has called me to be. I am thankful that even though I struggle, God is going to be there to help me in every step of the way. I am thankful and I am blessed. Which brings me back to my verse 16 through 22, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus, in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench in the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So again, I thank you guys. How thankful are you? I want to thank you guys for this time. God bless. Amen. Awesome.
0: Good job. <laughs> amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Isaac. Good reminder to be thankful. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, they said, do you get nervous when you preach? I'm like, yep, still do been doing it for a while, but uh, when, you, when you carry the word of the Lord um, and deliver it, I don't know that there'll ever be a time, uh, there's a confidence I have in Jesus, of course, and obviously, the more you do it, there is a sense of, um, you know, confidence that comes with that, but it still can be, at times, nervous to share and make sure that you are sharing what God wants the congregation to hear. I would uh, direct your attention to Hebrews chapter 5, and uh, beginning at verse 11, you can remain seated. Um do want to give a mention to pray for Pastor Jeremy. Uh, he was supposed to be here tonight to end this series on maturity, but uh, just been fighting some sickness, and so he has uh, stayed home to recoup and get better, and we're praying for him, and uh, so knowing what his theme was, of course, and Uh, knowing uh, what, um, you know, him asking me to do this, I I prayed, and I feel like the Lord has given me something that will help us to understand this topic. And and Pastor Trevor, thank you. I know you taught a couple of these Wednesdays of this series, so thank you for that. Uh, Unfortunately, both of those, I was downstairs, so I had to watch them online after the fact, but thank you as well. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, and I'm going to read from the New Living, so it's going to be A little bit different depending on what translation you may be uh, using. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Verse 12, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Chapter 6, verse 1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. And tonight, I just want to simply title this, Becoming Mature in Our Understanding. Amen. Lord, let your word be established, and let your will be accomplished, and let your works be fulfilled tonight. Help me to walk in your spirit and not my flesh, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. John Maxwell teaches and writes that change is inevitable. Growth is optional. And I do agree with him. I also see throughout scripture uh, that there are many examples of this quote. In the parable of the talents, the servants who had five and two, both invested and doubled to return ten and Four to their master, while the servant with one buried his. In the parable of the sower seed and soil, the principle is that you can choose what type of ground you will become. All of the Old Testament prophets challenged Israel to choose right over wrong, but ultimately knew that they themselves could not make the right choice for anyone. Moses, according to Hebrews, chose to suffer the reproach of Christ over the pleasures of Egypt. David had a made-up mind. Daniel purposed in his heart. Ruth declared her intent to leave Moab and follow the one true God of Israel. Rahab chose to hide God's servants. Mary chose to linger in the garden and was the first to see Jesus. And with each one of these, we see a clear choice to be uh, made, once again proving that while change is inevitable, growth is optional. We can talk about CGSL. We can put it on the top of the stairs and other places. We can put it on uh, hashtags on social media. We can have others a theme and a vision that we want. We can even encourage you to choose uh, to connect with God, grow in faith, serve others, and lead by example. But you have to make the decision to do all those things. So with that brief introduction, I want to just talk about this maturity uh, becoming mature to our understanding. Let's, let's first talk a little bit about the complication of spiritual immaturity. And going back again to Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to Listen. Verse 12, in the first part of it, I'm only going to read. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Now, nearly every child I have encountered, and remembering my own childhood, they long to grow up. Especially if they have older siblings who seemingly get to enjoy certain privileges that they don't. Now, that being said, uh, a lot of us now who are grown up, Wish we might not have raced it so much, right? We know that if one does not develop the motor skills, the language skills, and other functions, that they have a developmental disability. And please understand, I'm not saying this to mock or to point at them in any way of making fun, but rather to use that term and describe it, because we would understand that that would either be a stunted uh, growth, for whatever reason, or some developmental uh, thing that had caused a delay. Again, I'm not saying this to to mock, but let me speak this to you: the spiritual and the and the physical parallel one another often. While that happens in our society due to a host of reasons, the fact is it happens in the church, and it's a tragedy. That few may be aware of. And that is there are people who are developmentally delayed or stunted in the church. The difference is they can make a difference and make a choice not to be. Okay. I've, I've known people who will profess to have a, you know, I've been in the church 20 years. And they, they claim as if, as if they've grown. But you get to talking to them and you realize it's just a one-time experience repeated annually. That's not growth. Dr. Coleman says it this way. Time in a church building does not have any bearing on a person's true state of maturity. Amen? Jim Putman says, spiritual immaturity results from a lack of real discipleship. People may have been Christians for a long time, but they may not have been walking in the light all of those years. They haven't been hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They haven't been, well, with spirit-filled people enough to see the challenge of moving forward and growing. So we're talking about the complication of spiritual maturity. You see, this concept is laid against the backdrop of the writer of Hebrews who is attempting to reveal a beautiful type of Christ in the story of Melchizedek. He starts it in chapter 5, goes all the way through to 7, and he's showing Christ's priesthood is better than Aaron's because he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. But let us also remember that God is anointing this writer. So it's not just the frustration possibly of the writer that is coming through in the the writing, but also God is telling him to write this. Does that make sense? So this is God's opinion. And the word dull there, spiritually dull, means to be sluggish, or lethargic. The complete Jewish Bible says it this way you have become sluggish in understanding. The Amplified Bible quotes verse 11 and says, you have become dull in your spiritual hearing, sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. Now, the polar opposite of this, of course, is to excel in one's work particularly the work of studying scripture study to show yourself approved the work of prayer and fasting the work of growth and development and one of the best ways to do that is to look back at where you were a year ago and look at where you are now and is there growth has there been growth have you forgiven someone who has hurt you Have you uh, learned more about God's Word? Have you applied a principle of Scripture? Have you taught a Bible study to someone? Have you been personally involved in another person finding a relationship with Christ and discipling them so? Right? These are measuring sticks, if you will, that we can use. Amen. In the literal Greek, this phrase in Hebrews 5 verse 11 means... You have become sluggish in the ears, which implies an acquired condition characterized by an inability to listen to spiritual truth. It wasn't that they were naturally dull or intellectually deficient. They were spiritually lazy. They were unreceptive and closed to the word of God. It was an acquired dullness. Okay, It wasn't like something happened to make them dull. They just on their own became dull. And this dullness would lead to them being unfaithful if they didn't repent of it. Why? Because faith comes by? And hearing by the? Amen. The problem of spiritual maturity would also lead to another problem found in the first part of Hebrews 5.12. He says, you've been believers so long now, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you about the basic things about God's Word. There comes a point, another measuring stick that we should use, there comes a point that we should be able to teach others at least the basic principles of the new birth, the mighty God in Christ, the oneness of Jesus Christ, those basic principles. Holiness principles, etc. We should be able to teach that to others. We shouldn't have to be retaught that, and that's what the writer is describing here. This is what Hebrews is talking about. The graphic language here in the original Greek, the basic things about God's word. Uh, it, it's like you should be able to know at least that elementary principles. By the way, how many of you are like me when you're when you're trying to? file something or remember something in, in alphabetical order, and you, and you little sing the jingle, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? Okay. Yeah. Right? I do it all the time, okay? Helps me to remember. Why do you think they do that in school? Because they know when you're 50 years old, you're going to be going, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, oh, yeah, G, there we go, okay, <laughs> right? Okay. But I shouldn't have to go back to kindergarten And have to learn the ABCs all over again. And that's what this is talking about. I shouldn't get to a place where my spiritual hearing is so dull that I have to restart again at level one. So here was the problem with their spiritual immaturity. The truth they were hearing was not being internalized or maintained on a daily basis. They weren't mixing the word of God with faith. Listen, if all you're doing is just letting words go in and out your ears right now, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're sitting on a chair. I'm glad you're listening online. But if you're not internalizing this, if you're not taking this and mixing the word with faith, why not? This is eternal. It, it amazes me sometimes, and I'm I'm careful not to get uh, cranky or rude tonight, so bear with me, but it amazes me sometimes how we can get so excited about, you know, sports or, or some other thing or some other event, and boy, we can talk each other's ear off, you know. Boy, if our favorite show comes available, we can binge that and, and not miss a beat, but We go to read the Bible and we get five verses in and we're like, you know, Lord help us. You see, they were coming to church, but not becoming the church. They were attending the service, but not applying the scriptures. Hearing the word, but not heeding the word. This does not mean... That we need to do away with the five-fold ministry and no longer have preaching. That since you know the basics, you don't need to come to church anymore and hear preaching or teaching. That's not what this passage is teaching. What it is teaching, though, is that everyone must make the choice to grow in their walk with God and help others grow in their walk with God. Amen. Amen. Scripture is clear how God feels about those that don't grow. The fig tree was cursed because it didn't produce figs. The servant who buried his talent lost it and was cast into outer darkness. The foolish virgins were left behind because they didn't have oil in their lamps. So don't be spiritually immature. Instead, let's practice what Psalm 92 teaches. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. This is Psalm ninety-two twelve. Verse 13, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in an old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. See, there it is. Isaac, where are you? There it is. It's okay to be fat and flourishing, bro. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How, if I'm planted like that and flourishing... It implies I've got some roots. Amen? Okay. Everybody take one of your pointy fingers. Ready? It doesn't matter. Point at yourself and say, grow up. There, you just told yourself to grow up. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spake as a child, understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, or if you're a lady, a woman, what'd you do? I put away childish things. 1 Corinthians 14, 20, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be mature in your understanding of matters of this kind. So that's the complication. Now let's look at the cause of spiritual immaturity for just a minute. Verse 12, the rest of it says you're like babes who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Uh, is Benjamin in here tonight? He's in the nursery. Okay, well, little Benny, you know, uh, love that little boy, and he's, he's uh, full of life, but he is totally dependent upon mom and dad right now. He can't feed himself. He can't make his own meal. He didn't drive here tonight in his own car, right? He's a babe that needs that. We understand that, okay? But 20 years from now, hopefully Benjamin isn't still needing mom to do everything for him, Right? Sometimes, you ever ever read the Bible and you say, hey, man, that's good. Other times you read the Bible and you go, ouch. Well, these are some of those verses that make us go ouch sometimes. And even though God was using this graphic language here, he does go on to explain the typology of Christ. What I take from that is God influenced the writer of Hebrews to say, hey, I want you to throw this out there because it's, it's a warning But I also want you to go ahead and explain it because there are people that are getting it. And so I'm telling that to you tonight to say, thank God for his mercy to believe the best in us that we do want to grow. We do want to learn. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the same person I was last year. I want to grow. I want to get better. I want to do the hard things. I want to do the right things. I want to deal with my inconsistencies, my core fears and beliefs and and become better. Right? Thats Is't that a part of sanctification? Amen. I mentioned Benjamin a minute ago, but uh, there's babies here every Sunday that they need to be fed, they, they need to be cared for, and so on and so forth. They're totally dependent on parents. But we also have children here that are a little bit older that, you know, they may not be able to cook a meal, but they can pour a bowl of cereal and milk and eat that, and they could probably get themselves dressed. It may not match and perfectly, but they can at least put, you know, their, their socks on, their shoes on, whatever. They can climb in the car and get their seatbelt on. They can't drive it yet. But... They're a little less dependent, and then we've got some teenagers that think that they're 33 and can do everything, right? <laughs> Amen to that, right? And I can talk about them because they're downstairs right now, you know, and we're a bunch of stupid people that don't know what we're doing, and that, you know, you know, my Lord, when we tell them we used to be 16, they're like, no, you didn't, you know, and right, uh, but, you know, and then we've got some adults that, you know, you, you got here tonight, you, right, So we understand it in the natural. It's the same in the spiritual. Okay. So really, if I could just kind of put it in a little blunt form, this writer is saying, hey, don't be a baby. Grow up. You, You were a baby once. That's fine. But then you became a child. and Then you became an adolescent in God. Well, now you're an adult in God. So, you know, keep growing. The truth is, there is no such thing as a static Christian. You're either moving forward or falling back. You're either climbing or falling, winning or losing. Status quo Christianity is a delusional myth. It does not exist. There's a similar passage to what we've read tonight that I want to take you to. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and uh, verse number 1. If you've got your Bibles, this is Bible study, right? So you've got your Bibles, let's turn there. 1 Corinthians 3. Man, I just had a flashback. Anybody remember sword drills? Wow, I was turning the page there. And wow. You ever knew that guy that cheated all the time? And was like, you know, he just had the little tabs. You're like, oh, cheater. You know. Anyway. For those of you that don't know what that is, ask me after. It was a great time back in the 80s. All right. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual... But as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for here too you were not able to hear, neither yet are you now able. Yikes. For you are yet carnal. Oh, Lord, help us. Whereas there is among you envying, strife, divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? So notice that this envying, this strife, these jealousies, right? That's what was hindering their growth. So if you ever want to know, how do I grow? Read some of these types of verses and say, does any of this make me go, uh-oh, I need, to, I need to look into that a little bit. I was envying somebody. I was being a little carnal in my thought. If that's the case, you now know where to target to grow, right? Is that, am I correct? Yes. Okay. Um, if, if you went to you know, your, your doctor and you're like, doc, I've been coughing a lot and my, my stomach is hurting. Well, if he starts looking at your feet I mean, you're probably going to be like, yo, here, not there, doctor. My stomach, not my feet, right? Okay. So I'm not just trying to shotgun this tonight and say, you know, just grow up. What I'm saying is begin to target that area. Where, where is some place that, do you get angry easy? Well, you know, is there some bitterness? Is there some unforgiveness? Whatever that might be, when you read passages like this, Pause on them and let them speak to you. We read the Bible, but do we let it read us? I don't just want to read it so I can put the check mark and say, I read my Bible today. I want to read it so that God can speak to me. Did you know every time you read the Word of God, you're hearing His voice? These are not just uh, um, ink on pages. The Bible is the very Word of God, and it's profitable for us to correct us, to rebuke us, to instruct us, right? And so we need it, and let it speak to us, amen? I'm thankful when God corrects me, and I'm going to tell you why. He only corrects and rebukes and chastens those whom He loves, so when I feel corrected and rebuked, I don't get mad. Why did God do that? I don't throw a pity party and, you know, quit church for three weeks. You know what I do? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. You corrected me. You must love me. Oh, help me, God. I want to do better. I, I've got to be better at this. Right? Hey, folks, I, I, I want to just interject something here. I appreciate every one of you that, that respect me, pray for me, love me, appreciate me, all of those things. At the end of the day, I'm a man. You know, and, and, and if I'm offensive uh, uh, and I do, please let me know so I can correct it. Don't carry it around. Okay? Yes, we, we respect our pastor. I get that. We, we respect the, the authority of the ministry. I understand that. But I am not, you know, Jesus Christ Jr. Okay? Neither are you. <laughs> Okay, listen, I would much rather you give me the chance to apologize and make it right down here than it keep both of us out of heaven over there. And so when when the scriptures correct me, when the scriptures rebuke me, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, I've got to do better. Oh, thank you for showing me this so I can be better. Okay, so we looked at the. Complication and and we've looked here at the cause. Now let's look at the cure. Everybody ready for some good news? There's a cure. Hebrews five fourteen. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, notice that training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. The cure for spiritual maturity is to have your powers of discernment trained. By constant practice. Another translation says constant practice. How many of you today who have been driving for more than 10 or 15 years, you know, do, do you need to go take a test again? To, to No, it, it's second nature to, well, some of you might maybe, but right. <laughs> Sister Tabby, I've been behind some people that I'm like, you know, where'd you get your driver's license at, you know? You pulled out a Cracker Jack box? My goodness. Help us. Jesus. God's working on me, though. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's a process. I'm, I'm letting him correct me. But anyway, it's second nature. Right? I just get in, put the keys in, bam. Grab the wheel. I'm, I'm, I'm there, man. You know? Second nature to us. Well, why? Because of constant practice. So you want to get better at something? You want to get better at dealing with your, with your anger, with bitterness, with forgiveness, with, with studying? Oh, st- the way to do it is just do it. Consistently, constantly. Get a, get a prayer partner to help you. Talk to me or one of the other pastors, right? Did you know the phrase constant practice there in the Greek simply means a habit? Now, there can be bad habits. We know that but there can be good ones too. And that's what this is saying. Take take a moment of your time to consider how much time you spend a day for God. And we're all given, by the way, the same 20. When people tell me, I don't have time, what they're really saying is, I don't want to make the time. Because quite frankly, we all have the same amount of time. We might have different amounts of money in our bank accounts, but all of us have the same 24 hours in a day. Somebody asked Brother Bernard. He reads 150 books a year. Now, he is the bionic man. I get that. But they asked him, how do you do it? He says, I don't waste time on social media and watch movies. I've seen that man in airports. I've seen him at at conventions. When he's got a free moment, he's reading a book. That's how he can read 150 books a year. He's choosing that that's where he's going to put his time. Now, don't set the bar so high that you can't achieve it. If you've never read a book in your life, please don't try to read 150. And please don't start with C.S. Lewis. You know, okay? Start small. Read one book. Read two books. Right? The Bible says to... Listen to this. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Since my 50th birthday, I've been thinking, and by the way, I'm, I'm 18,000 plus days alive. I've been thinking about that based on this verse. It doesn't say number our years. It says number our days. I've been thinking, Lord, what, what can I do today? The Bereans, we know from Acts 17, they were the type who, what they do? They searched they, or first, they received the word. They were noble to receive it with all readiness of mind. And then they searched the scriptures daily. Man, that's good preaching, Paul. <laughs> Amen, Brother Barnabas. We're going to go home and search it out as well. We're going to study it ourselves. I love it when I get emails or text messages. Hey, pastor, what about this verse? Do you think it means this and that? You want to you make my day? Send me a text like that. Because I love the Word. Amen. So do you want to be spiritually mature? Then invest time daily in prayer, Bible reading, Bible study. Invest time in others. Invest time in constant practice. Invest time in becoming a disciple, which means a disciple maker as well. You see, a mature, a mature disciple is one who Christ changed and is now following and fulfilling the mission of Christ. That's why in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Lord. The best indicator that someone is mature is not that they're making disciples, but that they're making disciples who have gone on to be disciple makers themselves. In other words, becoming a legacy of that. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, if you would, please. Verses 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That's the fivefold ministry. Why? Verse 12. For the equipping. King James says perfecting. I remember one time Everett said, It's for the perfecting of the saints, not for the perfect saints. I'm thankful for that. Amen. But for the perfecting, which means to equip. So the equipping, I'm reading it from the New King James. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So watch this. When the fivefold ministry does its job, and the saints are equipped, the work of the ministry is done, and the body is edified, or built up, or encouraged. But it doesn't stop there. Verse 13, till we all come, not some of us, not most of us, God wants all of us to be in this growth pattern till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. That means mature, complete. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Watch verse 14. That we should be no longer children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love we do not need all truth and we do not need all love we need truth and love together it's not either or it's both and the bible tells the fivefold ministry tells the elders tells the pastors to rebuke that's truth with all long suffering that's love it's not just rebuking it's in long suffering and with long suffering that's love Are you seeing that? Okay. And what happens? That you may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body. Everybody say the whole body. body. I need you. You need me. I want you to, I want you to everybody look up here just real quick. Everybody eyes on me. Watch this. Okay. The church needs you. And you need the church. No matter what part of the body you are, the church needs you and you need the church. From whom the whole body, joined in it together by what every joint supplies. In other words, every part doing its part. Okay? According to the effective working by which every part does its share, what does it do? Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. In love. This weekend, this past week, excuse me, I was with uh, some of our church, Brother Max, and Julie, and Brother Pastor Trevor, and uh, Pastor Jeremy, and Courtney, we all went to the Fivefold Conference, and one of the things that was said on the last service on Saturday was that the restoration of the prophetic and the apostolic, or the prophet and the apostle in the in the Uh, world today that the prophet that prophetic ministry will be John the baptizer preparing the way for the second coming like like John did for the first and that the apostle will be the apostle of love, John the beloved and that resonated with me because when you look at what the faithful ministry is to do and it's purpose, it's to speak that truth in love and if everybody gets doing their job in love, guess what happens we're built in love Amen? By the way, this is for everybody. It's not just reserved for preachers only. Every saint of God can be anointed and must be anointed by God to help discern between deception and versus truth. Amen. It is our desire at TCOO that we would make disciples, not converts. We want to see people follow Christ daily, not just on Wednesday, not just on Sunday. We want to see people who are continually being changed and influenced and who are committed to the mission of Jesus Christ. See, churches should make an intentional shift to focus on biblical relational discipleship. It's one of the reasons why our our team uh, prayerfully considered and launched different groups that are beginning to meet this year that Some of them are purely fellowship in in orientation. Others have a spiritual element to them as well. But all of them for the purpose of relational discipleship. The goal as church leaders, this is uh, Dr. Coleman, he says, the goal as church leaders isn't to accumulate a crowd and impart information to them. It's not to create an emotional experience that will keep people charged up for a few hours or even days and make them want to come back so they can feel it again. The shift is that we need to raise up biblical disciples who deploy, who, and deploy them into the world so that they can raise up other disciples. These disciples are to grow into accurate copies of Jesus who rightly deliver His message in His ways. This year our theme is Others asked you on Sunday to grab another one of those uh, uh, cards. There's still more on the sound booth or information booth. Grab one, put it in your purse, put it in your pocket, put it as a bookmark in your Bible. Every time you see it, think of others, a neighbor, a coworker. Who can I reach to? Who can I pray for? Is there someone I can teach a Bible study to? How can I grow? I want you to think of it this way. You, you hear us often say, TCOO is a place of hope and healing, and that is true. And when we're here together on Sundays, and when we're here together on Wednesdays, or other special events, we're a place of hope and healing. But I want you to grasp this for a minute. Every one of you who this is your church and I am your pastor, you are TCOO. You are a place of hope and healing. In your home, in your apartment, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your school, on your job. And we have to believe that. We have to do that. So that others can also experience the same hope and healing that we've experienced. Amen? So who will join me in becoming mature in our understanding? Who will join me in connecting with God, growing in faith, serving others, and leading by example? Why don't we stand together? <sighs> old song. We don't have to come up. But there's an old song that I want to live the way you want me to live. I'm going to give till there's no more to give. Jack, you know what I'm talking about, right? Could never out love the Lord. I wonder tonight if we could just pray together for just a moment that God would help each of us to become more like Him. Jesus, daily I pray that You would work in me and in work in us That we would become more like you. To think like you. To believe like you. To speak like you. To love like you. To give like you. So that others can see you. And find hope and healing. Find a place of refuge. Where you can transform them. And renew them. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Well may the Lord bless you. Appreciate and love you. Please, if you uh, still have crosses and um, eggs, bring them on Sunday. We're going to fill the rest of these up. And uh, then Monday at 630, Monday, April 3rd at 630, we're going to go out uh, here in the, in the local community. So please, if you can be here and help us with that, uh, men, women alike, come and, and we will get these passed out in our uh, local area right here around the church. So thank you for your help. God bless you in Jesus' name.